Okay, you ready, baby? Yeah. Let's do this thing. Okay. Get some energy. We'd like to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation. That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational and and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity. So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist. And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> It might be not safe for work. You'd probably better listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Freudian Uh, Sips. We already said that. (laughs) It's okay. Redundancy is, is a powerful tool. It's a powerful Repetition tool. Repetition gets our name brand out there. What was that again? Freudian Sips. Folks. Anna's had a tough week. <laughs> I'm a little tired today. Anna has counselor fatigue all over her face today. Fatigue. Yep. I don't know how much I should talk about it. I think enough to just say sometimes it's really hard to be a counselor and know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. In 25 words or less, I had to take someone to the hospital, and I had to deal with some family resistance from that. Mm, That's a good way to put it. And it was a very stressful entire day. Mm -hmm. But as objective as I can be about my beautiful, wonderful daughter. (laughs) So objective, clearly. (laughs) She handled it like a very professional counselor that I hope someday to be. We hope so. Yes. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, but you know, I do want to say, if you're going to a counselor, if you're going to a good counselor, if I can say that about us. (laughs) I should hope so. When we kind of talked about this, I think even the last episode about that your counselor actually cares about you. Yeah. They're not just doing this. I mean, yeah, they're doing it because it's their job, but, but they also have a real investment in making sure that you're okay mm-hmm. and making sure that you're well and yeah i so. kind of i kind of got made fun of a little bit not made fun of y'all you are going to be hearing dog noises this whole podcast yeah, we have a wild kingdom <laughs> happening today. <laughs> do sorry. not i'm so sorry about it but it's there they're there um but yeah the the hospital it wasn't like making fun of but as i was leaving because i had to leave for another appointment and i, I was kind of like you know i have to go you know, the person said they were going to be okay, so I decided they had to leave. And I was telling the people kind of behind the intake desk that I needed to leave and that I was kind of, I wanted to like leave my information. And they were like, well, you know, standard procedure is you just drop the person off and then right, leave. Right. And I was like, it was hour three of me being oh, there. God. So, oh, God. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Above and beyond, I They suppose. were probably thinking, who is this counselor who cares so much? I know. <laughs> like, can you where, chill? Where did we find this woman? She's very caring. <laughs> very caring. What's wrong with her? <laughs> she needs to stop being she so caring. She needs to for chill. God's 
But so, we're not here to talk about it. We're not here to talk about it. <laughs> what are we here to talk about, Mom? We are here to talk about something that we've been kind of putting off. It's one of those topics, again, that we've been kind of putting off, probably it's because it's, it's meaty. a meaty, meaty topic. We are going to talk today about ADHD. And Anna, what does that stand for? Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. I wish you could see us doing our cheerleader arms. <laughs> Um, and then we have a lot to talk about. We do. And yet, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it a full moon? What? <laughs> we are swimming upstream <laughs> so hard. <laughs> you done? Okay. So there is, there is, there's just so much to talk about. And yet I feel like I definitely don't have enough to explain well, and I think that's a really good point that we're just going to, like we do um, with a lot yeah. of our topics, we're going to kind of skim over the top. And so if, if the things that we talk about today are something that you've been concerned about or that maybe you have um, yourself been diagnosed with ADHD or you have someone in your life who is or you're suspecting that. Or as you're listening to this going, oh, dang. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> News for you, bud. Yeah. Might not hurt to check it out. Yeah. Um, but just realize that, of course, within this about an hour-long episode, we obviously cannot go into as great a detail as ADHD would deserve to have. Sure, no kidding, yeah. So we're going to kind of just give you an overview. Yes. How's that? I think that's a good way to put it. So as in all good overviews, Anna, how about if we start with a definition? Well, uh, for definitions, it's kind of hard because I think that we do need to address kind of what society has as its definition of ADHD. Mm. And I think you and I should just sort of brainstorm the things that the kind of misperceptions or just perceptions that we've seen. I think the one that I've seen the most is that like squirrel one where yeah. they're just very distracted and can't focus at all, mm-hmm. which is a part of mm-hmm. ADHD, but it's very, very simplified and not giving a lot of credit to the intricacies of how the brain actually works on ADHD. Right. I, as a as a former teacher for many years, mm-hmm. there were so many kids through the years that you would have in class and just think, oh my gosh, there's got to be something going on yeah. there. And, and as time went on, that ADHD label was really slapped on a lot of kids that, that maybe there was a, a lot, lot of other of things going on. But any kid who couldn't stay in their desk, any kid who... Who was fidgety any kid who yeah. spoke out of turn you know teachers uh some teachers not all some teachers have that oh maybe they have adhd which again those things are part of adhd mm-hmm. but it's kind of like every square is a rectangle but not every rectangle is a square kind of thing Ooh, that's well, very deep thank you <laughs> No, if it was deep, it would be a cube. Oh. <laughs> oh. Math jokes. Math humor. That's what you come to Freudian sips for, right, everyone? Are we all having fun? That's what counselor fatigue will do to you. It will <laughs> yeah, turn no you kidding. to math jokes. Yeah. The lowest of the low, folks. Here we are. The nerdiest of the nerds. Here jokes. you are with yeah. me. But but there's, I mean, like I said, there's a lot more that goes into ADHD than restless or trouble focusing. Actually, ADHD is a developmental thing. In the DSM-5, it's in the developmental disorders category. Mm-hmm. So with things like autism and uh, intellectual disability, is that what we call uh, it now? Developmental delay. Developmental delay and intellectual yeah. disability, whatever yeah. you want to call mm-hmm. that. So, so I mean, like, it, it really is a difference in how the brain functions. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, so one of the, I would say, top ADHD sources on the internet is called Additude, A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E. Mm. Yes, so I've, I've visited that site quite a bit to just kind of look look for different ADHD things, not, not just for researching this podcast, but I deal with a lot of kiddos and yeah. a lot of them have ADHD and, and sometimes you just need a little bit more context yep. per Additude. ADHD is not a behavior disorder. ADHD is not a mental illness. ADHD is not a specific learning disability. ADHD is instead a developmental impairment of the brain's self-management system. So since it says that it's developmental, does that mean that you can grow out of it? No. Oh. I mean, it's just like you it's don't who grow you out of autism or, yeah. or intellectual disability. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's not a developmental like life development. It's a developmental like how your brain has brain developed. Brain developed, yeah. Yeah. Attitude also says that it's a developmental impairment of the brain's executive functions and that people with ADHD have trouble with impulse control, focusing, and organization, and those are all just executive functions. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll kind of talk more about executive dysfunction in this episode, and executive dysfunction literally just means that those things that our brain does, those organization things and those focusing things and those impulse control things, those are all part of executive function. And one of ADHD's biggest things is executive dysfunction, that those systems don't work right in the brain. Right, right. So, so that's, I mean, that's a huge part. It links back to, to all that stuff. I mean, the impulse control stuff is why kiddos get up and run around when they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that system for blocking those impulses or for thinking twice about them. When I was doing a lot of the reading during the research, Anna, I thought about how throughout our episodes, um, we've always kind of had this thing that you love the brain stuff. I like the brain stuff. I like the brain stuff. I like the boogie. (laughs) (laughs) So as I was reading all the brain stuff, I was thinking, oh my God, this is totally an Anna episode. And yet, I don't have much of brain stuff. So if you've researched brain stuff. But it's basically what you just said. No. And I do have a little bit, but. Then um, I do have brain stuff. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. I just said the brain stuff. Yeah, I mean, you said it. And and I have it a little, a little bit, bit further later, later, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ADHD impacts approximately 11% of children and almost 5% of adults in the U.S. I would say it probably affects more adults more than that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just getting, like, I mean, like you said, I think that we have started to diagnose ADHD more, probably more than is warranted but also there was a period in time where kids weren't diagnosed with that and now we've got a whole generation of adults that maybe don't know that they're supposed to be diagnosed with ADHD Mm -hmm. which we will talk about later (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot going on later a lot of pins pins, going on put a pin in it so currently in the DSM-5 there are three kinds of ADHD there is um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder combined presentation. And that just means that you have all the symptoms. Right. <laughs> you got, got it, it all. all, bud. And then there's predominantly inattentive type or predominantly intentive presentation. That is a distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, predominantly hyperactive impulsive presentation. Mm-hmm. So those are the three kinds where it's all ADHD. It's all ADHD. It's just going to look different depending on which parts you have trouble with. Right. So and you're probably going to say this later, but because you said it's all ADHD, mm-hmm. you said it a couple times, not too long ago, there were mm-hmm. still people who were saying, I have ADD and not ADHD. I hear, I still hear people say that. Yeah. I think that's still used pretty interchangeably. Right. But just to be very clear, in the DSM-5, there is no ADD. Well, do you want me, so do you want me to do that now? Do you want me to talk about yeah, that Yeah, would now? you? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, so, I mean, ADD is usually used 
in place of ADHD. Um, I do think it's more of a generational thing or, or a time thing. And I kind of view it on the same plane as like Asperger's where mm-hmm. there's not really harm in someone saying they have Asperger's versus autism or mm-hmm. saying they have ADHD versus like ADD. Mm-hmm. There's it's pretty interchangeable. Most medical people will know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and be able to still get you the help you need if you use it. But, and, and I use Asperger's because that Basically, the same thing happened with ADHD just a little bit earlier. So let me give you uh, some history of ADD. A little bonus history History and brains. That's Anna. History History and and brains. brains. Gosh. No. (laughs) She's an exciting gal. (laughs) Gosh. If I weren't married, wouldn't everyone just be lining up? Yeah. (laughs) So in 1980, the DSM-3 was the current DSM. And in the DSM-3, hyperactivity was not actually seen as a frequent symptom. So that's when they used ADD as a term. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just attention deficit disorder. But they had attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity and without hyperactivity. So that was kind of the differentiating factor. In 1987, the DSM-3 had a revision, um, and the official name became ADHD. So it really didn't even take, I mean, like, it didn't even take a whole nother DSM. It just did a revision. Right. And they changed the entire name. Isn't that weird? It is weird. <laughs> so yeah, they changed Somebody it. with ADHD was on that <laughs> so, committee. They were like, what? Let's just change it. Let's just change it. We Impulsivity. Don't need, we don't need <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so the official name became ADHD, which meant that hyperactivity was now an important feature, and it was recognized as a pretty vital piece of that puzzle. In 1994, the DSM-4 came out, and this one was just a little grammar change, actually. This one, they added the slash between attention deficit and hyperactivity. Mm. So now it's attention hyphen deficit slash slash hyperactivity Mm. disorder. Is how you write it out. How I have to write it out in all my little papers. Because it became kind of an and or situation where you could have both. And that's where we get the the three types that I just mentioned. That's where that comes from. You can either have inattentive or you can have hyperactive or you could have combined presentation. And then in 2013 with DSM-5, it was the same subtypes. They just changed it from type to presentation. Why? Because they like to make our lives difficult, I think. <laughs> I don't know. They have to sell some new new manuals. <laughs> really? And... <laughs> I do think it's kind of like textbooks, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, whatever. We're still going to call it ADD. So I think I was kind of surprised reading that because it hasn't been ADD since 1980. 1980. It's a long time. It's a long time. I thought it was, I thought it was in the DSM-5 that it had changed. I kind of thought so too. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, because Asperger's changed in DSM-5. Right. Asperger's was taken out of the autism spectrum in DSM-5. Mm-hmm. But that's not but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> we're both in that kind of mood for different reasons, but it's where you just kind of date, kind of look off into yeah. the distance and kind of go, like, huh. huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> So the whole attention issue yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of focus. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of focus, should I go through some of the specific signs and symptoms of ADHD? Let's do that next. Please okay. do. Okay. So I know I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, that's that's <laughs> good. That's good because we're doing this 
This in is how order. we're doing this. Yes. yes. We have an outline. We have an outline. We need to follow it. Mom made the outline And, and that would week. be OCD. Mom made Can we go outline. back to the episode on OCD? <laughs> I can't remember which one it is, but Anna always knows because she like goes zippity zappity zoo. Anna's alter ego is an ITT nerd. ITT nerd? Yes. What does the second T stand for? Uh, my attention just went the other way. <laughs> Episode 59 is OCD. Moving right along. 59? That's a weird number. Is 59. it? 59. Is, is it because like it's, it's not 69? It's, not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, I really want to be 69, but I'm only 59. I wish I could be 69, but I'm not. But I'm only 59. Okay. What were we talking about again? Have you heard of 68? <laughs> it's a 69, but they owe you one. Ah. Uh, that's funny and dirty at the same Terrible. time. Listen. <laughs> okay. That's our dirty joke for the episode. You're welcome, everyone. I don't think I told it right. Anyway. <laughs> I get the point. Yeah, it's yeah. something like that. Something like that. That's funnier. <laughs> Imagine what I said, but funnier. But somebody who tells jokes <laughs> but really somebody funny. somebody who tells jokes in a good way. <laughs> and who isn't very tired. Okay? Okay. So signs and symptoms of ADHD. That's the next thing on our outline. Follow the outline, please. Okay. And from this, uh, or like for this, I'm getting these directly from the DSM-5. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is coming directly from the list of symptoms that you have to. And for each of these, for both, because they're broken into inattention and hyperactivity, like subsections, for each of them, you have to have at least six of them for at least six months to be diagnosed with that. So to be diagnosed with like combined presentation, you would need at least six inattention symptoms and at least six hyperactivity symptoms for at least six months. And six months is significant. It is significant. Because, you know, we go through times in our life where we're distracted. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, where right there's stuff now. going on. <laughs> like, like COVID? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it causes no everybody kidding. to be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have to remember that although COVID's now lasted more than six months, so I guess we could... Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. It also, I mean, as with any disorder diagnosis that we talk about, it has to significantly affect your life, which, you know, especially for most kids, it does. It does. And it has to appear in more than one setting. Mm-hmm. So that means for kids, you can't just be like really fidgety and unfocused at school, but then it'll be fine. Right. So it has to appear in, in, in more than one setting. It can't just be localized to one thing. Um, What's sometimes hard about that is sometimes parents don't recognize don't, that. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we talk about how you diagnose. Yeah, because it's not as structured at home. Right. So it's not going to be as obvious that they're having a harder time with the structure. I and think. maybe they don't know what to compare it to. That's true. Because, yeah. well, that's a whole nother. Boy, we well, can go on uh, a lot well, of directions. We'll talk about put okay, a pin well, in it. Yeah. Put another pin in it, baby. <laughs> okay, so. Let's start. Actually, I'll let you choose. Do you want to start with inattention or do you want to start with hyperactivity? Let's start with hyperactivity because that's the one that gets our attention quicker. I think you're right. Okay. So, yeah. And hyperactivity really is what we think of when we think of ADHD. Like as you're listening to this, you're going to be like, yeah, of course, that sounds like ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I do want to note that these symptoms, the hyperactivity, cannot solely be like a manifestation of uh, the kiddo or the person. It doesn't have to be just a kid. uh, Of uh, opposition or defiance. Like it can't just be them trying to cause trouble. Yeah, acting out. So it could be uh, fidgeting, tapping their hands and feet, squirming, um, just generally kind of acting restless. 
the person may leave their seat in situations where remaining in their seat is expected. So they might want to get up, move around. They could run around. They could climb on things where it's not appropriate. Uh, in adults, this could be... Now, if you're an adult and you're, like, climbing trees and stuff, when you shouldn't be, like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe look If you're this. sitting in a board meeting and you're climbing over your chair, <laughs> you there might be some pretty serious stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have different conversations that we have to have about that. But... <laughs> But in adults, it could just be, like, restless, just, like, feeling mm. restless. That um, person who clicks their pen ooh, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. My husband shakes his leg, like, uh, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. But I also think that can be an anxiety thing. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover with ADHD, which we can probably talk about, too. Put that right. pin in that again. Yeah. Um, they are unable and, – and whenever I'm saying these – just imagine I'm saying often before them because right. in every single bullet point in the DSM, it says often. So you don't have to have all these and they don't have to show up in every single situation, but it's going to be a pattern with, mm-hmm. with, with these people with ADHD. They're usually unable to, to play or do leisure activities quietly. Uh, they're often on the go or as if driven by a motor. So they might feel uncomfortable when they're kind of forced to sit still for an extended period of time and they, they might express that they're they're not feeling great about that. They might talk excessively. They might blurt things out. So this means like they they might talk over people. They might not be able to wait for their turn to speak in a conversation. They might finish people's sentences. Uh, They just don't have a really good sense of of flow of conversation like that because they just want to, when a thing pops into their brain, they want to say it. That's that impulse thing. And that kind of goes with having difficulty waiting their turn. Like if they're in a line or something, they're going to be really impatient to get to the front of the line. And they might interrupt or intrude on other people and that means like coming into a conversation or coming into like an activity and and just kind of, of busting in and not stopping to think, oh, hey, is this a good time mm-hmm. for me to jump into this conversation? And holy cow, I work with so many kids that so mm. many of these are <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dang, check, Man, check, little check, pictures check. are coming into my mind even as we I speak. Know. Right now I'm working uh, with a kiddo. He's he's kind of – he's a bit older. He's like 12 or 13. Uh, but whenever I talk to it, I, I'm, I'm doing telehealth with him just because of COVID and stuff. And he's so funny because he like shakes the computer. <laughs> like he'll like put his thumbs under the computer uh-huh, and like be, be shaking it. So I'm just on the other side like it's like an earthquake. <laughs> and I'm just like, kiddo, kiddo, just shake your leg or something. Oh, my God. But but I'll see him like his whole body will shake. I mean he'll just be like like ta- like shaking his legs or something so hard that he's just his whole body is shaking. How old is he? He's like twelve or thirteen. So he's, wow, yeah, he's older. But okay, so that was hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the inattention type. So again, at least six of these for at least six months. So these people who struggle with inattention uh, may not be able to give close attention to tasks. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they could make careless mistakes. They might have difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or activities. They may not seem to really listen when they're being spoken to. And that's not ignoring. I think a lot of people mistake that, that they're just, again, it kind of goes back to that, like, are they intentionally ignoring me? Are they right. intentionally, like, being oppositional? It's not. It just literally, they can't focus on more than one thing. I was recently talking to someone in my family who has ADHD, and I, like, said something to her, and she kind of, like, waited, and I I knew that she had heard me, so I kind of just waited. I, like, went about doing my own thing, mm-hmm. and eventually she, like, looked at me and, and answered the question, 
And she's like, sorry, it just had to get up through my mental cue or whatever. <laughs> so it, That's like, a really I, good way to look at it. Yeah, it's like yeah. it kind of goes to the end of the task list and they have mm. to finish the thing that they're on before mm. they get to the next thing. So that was kind of, I thought that was, that was an enlightening way for her to tell me. That was always one of the things that struck me the most about certain kids when I was a teacher who obviously had ADHD that certain kids could be literally like running around the room, like totally yes. not looking at you, not... And you'd be talking, and then you'd, you'd call their name, and when you finally got them to look at you, they would know exactly what you had said. Yeah. It's and going in there. <laughs> it's like, how in the heck did they hear me say that when they were totally inattentive? But that's sometimes what happens with yeah. them. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not necessarily that they don't hear you. It's that it takes a second to mm-hmm. go through the process in their brain. Mm-hmm. It just it just takes a little while to travel from the ear to the brain. <laughs> just a little bit harder. Uh-huh. So again, they're not doing this intentionally. And that's it's that's such an important thing. I feel like I deal with so many parents and it's not just ADHD, but ADHD is a is a, a big thing where this happens. Sorry. I'm just laughing at myself because I feel like I keep trying to come up with better words, like a big thing where this happens. Like, <laughs> there's definitely a better word to use for that, but my brain's like, that's all I got today. found. <laughs> We're down to the bare bones. We're today. down to thing and stuff. That's it. It's a thing and stuff kind of day. It's a thing That's and stuff kind of day. It fits with ADHD, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, just... What's that? God, what's that thing that actors do? Method acting. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, it just takes a See, how to get down there. You know, the thing. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the thing with the stuff. You know, acting mm-hmm. stuff. So going along with not really seeming to listen, they might not follow through on instructions very well. They might not finish tasks very well and that kind of goes to sustaining attention i mean it's hard to finish a task when it's really easy to hop away from the task right there's difficulty organizing tasks and activities so this might mean that they're really messy in their organization it might mean that they have really poor time management that's a thing that i do want to talk about specifically i don't know if i should talk about it here but but time I blindness. I think go ahead and do that. Yeah, because so, that's a symptom, and and it's also yeah yeah it's it's something that's not like listed like there's not a section in the DSM that that is about time blindness, but there's it's a very significant thing in ADHD where ADHD brains literally don't perceive time in the same way neurotypical brains do, mm-hmm. and that's going to be hard for me to explain in a way that neurotypical people are exactly. going to understand. But people who have it will go, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My 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 brother's girlfriend has ADHD and we have talked about how she has like a superpower where she has time blindness, but she has this superpower where she can know exactly when like the microwave's gonna go off. <laughs> <laughs> So she'll like be sitting there and they'll have the mic or the like the oven going or like a timer going and she'll like turn to my brother and go, Hey, is the thing almost done? And then ding, ding from the other room. So, so And she puts her hands on her hips. And, and basically says, Once again my superpower has prevailed. Yeah, so I mean it's not it's just a weird thing that she has, but <laughs> she still has time blindness and, and we and like people with ADHD still really struggle to understand like and that goes with time management too, that sometimes with ADHD, like you think it'll take you 10 minutes to do this thing. It's not. <laughs> it's right. not going to take you that long. It's going to take you 25 minutes to right. do it. And so, you know, the, like maybe they're going to be late a lot and, and maybe it's going to take them way longer to do stuff. So, I mean, it's it's just, 
it's really hard for them to perceive time. And again, that's a thing that I think when we're dealing with someone who has ADHD, whether or not you know you have ADHD, and that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. But I think we can really look at it as they're doing this maliciously. They're intentionally doing this. I think a lot of people think that for kids too. Like Especially in- for, yeah. Yeah, for kids. they're like intentionally not doing their work or they're intentionally taking way longer so we're late or they're intentionally doing this. We're like literally they just don't perceive that it's taking that long. Mm-hmm. The- their brains just don't get it. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important part of ADHD and it's a really important thing to remember that to some extent they can't control that. Mm-hmm. We can find ways to maybe help them work better with it. Right. They can they can learn some coping skills to help themselves so right. that they're not always upsetting the people they love because <laughs> yes. they're always late. Yeah. But they have to choose to take those those coping skills and put them into action and to Right. Just like any other issues that that different people's brains work differently. We have to learn how our own brain works and then how to best yeah, do, yeah. Do, do coping mechanisms that help us to help ourselves to fit into society better. I don't exactly. Know how Every, everyone has to do that. Everyone, we all have something. Yeah, everyone has to come up with their own ways and their own tools and their own methods that are going to work. But I mean, I think that especially for people with ADHD, I mean, they're not just trying to find things that they prefer. It's literally things that their brain is going to be able to like perceive and understand. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's a developmental thing. Their brains literally just have developed differently than ours. But And by ours, I mean neurotypical people, which I'm not neurotypical, but I don't have ADHD. So I, <laughs> I got something else. We got other stuff. We all got stuff. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if there's anyone who's neurotypical. Is there yeah, any people who are neurotypical? I don't think that's a real thing. Because that's, that's <laughs> my, you know, that's like my thing that I always say to people. Everybody has something. Right. Everybody has something. It might be very minute. Right. to other people but we all got some can i read you this quote from a article about time blindness mm-hmm. a colorblind person can't perceive differences between certain hues they know these differences exist and other people can see them a time blind person may know we should look at the clock more often or leave work in time to meet a friend for drinks that knowledge doesn't help when we forget the clock and maybe time itself exists at all. When we don't perceive time passing, we also don't perceive you waiting at a table alone for us. We don't feel a deadline inching closer. So it really is. And I think the colorblindness thing is a really good analogy. It's very good. It's literally just a different way that your eyes and your brain perceive color, mm-hmm. just like ADHD perceives time in a different way. Oh, I'm never going to be able to find my place in the list. Yeah. Struggling with deadlines <laughs> is another <laughs> is another work. Wow, that was appropriate. <laughs> yes, they might avoid or dis. So again, I'm back to the inattention symptoms. If we're if we're not tracking, <laughs> if you went too I far am, off, if yep. we're not tracking, uh, avoiding or disliking tasks that require sustained mental effort. I think this one's big. I think that's where that procrastination thing comes from. That's good. Where that like, and that's why the kids don't do their homework. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's like, a huge one for kids with take ADHD. My, it, yeah, I don't want to do my homework. I don't. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, and and I think it's worth asking, like, why? I was involved in this really stupid conference once. I hated it. It was terrible. But there was one thing that the really hokey host told us, and and. She said it in a very condescending way, but I like the message of it, which is like, approach things with curiosity. Mm. Like, 
instead of approaching them with judgment or instead of approaching them with anger, approach it like, help me understand why that is. And I think that's a really important thing for people with like ADHD or people dealing with someone who has ADHD. Just like, you know, why don't you want to do your homework? Mm -hmm. And then I think that's going to open some doors. Like, it's really hard for me to do it. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like, well, stop being obstinate. Go do your homework, you know? Boring is a word that's often used by people with ADHD. Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. boring. What does that mean? They they just repeat it over and over again. It's boring. That has to do with dopamine, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. is because like, and that's another thing that's different about ADHD brains. Oh, you have that? I do. Okay. I will let you talk about it. But I mean, it. I don't know that, I don't know when we should talk about it because oh, yeah. we've kind of already talked well, about it. Well, let me finish this list yes, or else we yes. never will. <laughs> <laughs> what were we doing what today? Are we doing? <laughs> oh, okay. A list. <laughs> um, often loses things necessary for tasks and activities. That's a big uh-huh. one. They don't know where they put things. They might be easily distracted by extraneous stimuli, which again goes squirrel. to like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that kind of typical. <laughs> that's the squirrel. Like, oh, oh, we're going to get distracted by this and then this and then Uh this. And they are often forgetful in daily activities. So again, your kiddo with ADHD isn't intentionally, you know, not feeding the cat. They're just, they really don't remember that they're supposed to do it. And Mm -hmm. that kind of goes with time blindness too. So those are the symptoms. We did it. Were okay. you, are you listening to this saying, oh, no, I have ADHD? <laughs> I have it. I have it. Or are you listening to My kid to has it, it. Or my partner has it. Or, mm. yeah, something like that. Mm, my dad had it. Something like that. Can I um, sidestep back to the brain for a minute? Step any way you need to I'm to get to the brain. I'm going to do a little sidestep. And I'm going to be kind of re- reedy here. Reedy? Reading reedy. <laughs> sure. I got some stuff I want to read. <laughs> Okay. Because I can't say it better than they wrote it. So um, it says, research shows that those with ADHD have abnormalities in how the neurotransmitters, dopamine and norepinephrine work to facilitate communication between the neurons and activation of various brain functions, which is exactly what Anna said before. But I wanted to kind of drive that home again, that there's a lot of research out there that proves that, that, that their brain just is working differently. And we often go back to the dopamine thing. Dopamine! That is big. That is a big thing. Dope- what is dopamine, Mom? It's your favorite. What is it? <laughs> it oh, she just got so, so good. She put both her hands over her heart and she scrunched up. My Mustang convertible is named <laughs> Dopamine Factory. Dopamine. Yes. It's that uh, wonderful hormone that makes us feel reward. Yes, reward. That's the big word for dopamine. So that's why when kids say things are boring, it literally, like, ADHD brains, it's harder for that dopamine to hit. Exactly. It's harder for things to feel rewarding. Right. The way they worded in this article is differences in the communication route related to reward and consequence. (laughs) They take the scenic route. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A pathway involving dopamine activity have been found to be particularly problematic in the brains of individuals with ADHD, as have brain networks involved in the engagement and regulation of attention. It's like their highways are all, you know, like have all kinds of detours. and It's like it's it's got a road (laughs) sign, but it's got Mm -hmm. like eight signs like stacked on top of each other. Exactly. And another one that we hear a lot about is serotonin, and that's in here too. Disruptions in serotonin. Tone and levels and activity may also play a role, particularly in affecting the modulation and the regulation of the dopamine system. So, yes. so we got that, those two biggies that well, we hear about a lot. And then we have to remember that when it comes to dopamine and serotonin, norepinephrine, those are also huge neurotransmitters in anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So there's usually going to be a huge comorbidity, comorbidity. <laughs> Comorbidity. 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 Com
curmudgeonly. <laughs> they happen at the same time, baby. They happen at the same time. <laughs> That's one of those words that when I say it right, I feel really smart. I know. <laughs> but a lot of times I, I don't say it right. Well, and then, then I'll I feel like, silly. say it and be like, was that right? I know. You got to kind of mumble it a little bit. Like curmudgeonly. Curmudgeonly. Yeah, that happens. Yes. So there's going to be a high probability that if you struggle with ADHD, you're probably, unfortunately, going to struggle with anxiety and or depression. And or depression. And it's not only because of those hormones, but also because of the social interactions and your stress over social interactions. Well, and not only it's hard to go through life in school when it's hard to focus. Exactly. (laughs) It's hard when you are forgetting things and when you're time blind and people are thinking you're doing it intentionally and people are getting angry with you because and you don't know why they're angry because you're just thinking the way you think yeah Uh uh-huh i get that let's just all be (laughs) Be nice (laughs) let's just all be compassionate i would read these words but there's no way (laughs) that i can read these words usually oh no let's try no try it several studies have also shown differences in the volume gray and white matter Mm -hmm. and activity levels within structures such as i can do the first one prefrontal cortex we know that one okay Mm, caudate c-a-u-d-a-t-e caudate nucleus sure ventral tegmental area Uh, sure substantia (laughs) nidra nidra cerebellum i got that one (laughs) aced it in other words, a lot of parts of your brain <laughs> for Think we of lay any people. Part of your brain. That's probably on the list. So it's not just, but that's a, I mean, they have a long list of these huge, important scientific words that I cannot pronounce in my old age. Right. However, I don't think um, it's old age, mom. It, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I'd be able to do it either. Oh, yes, you would. You're a brain person. Ventral so. trigmentable. <laughs> Ventral trigmental. Caudated. Caud- it might be caudated. Caudacious. <laughs> <laughs> bodacious your bodacious nucleus <laughs> your bodacious <laughs> nucleus i have that <laughs> all my nucleus are bodacious so the way i'm focusing on this is the idea of the communication routes yeah are different in an adhd brain yeah that's that's you know boiling it down to the, the bare yeah that's there. you know a to b but right. then a person with adhd might a to to q to c to, to d to b Right. That kind of goes back to that thing about coming up next on the queue. Right. Okay. Should we switch to – what should we switch to at this point? Uh, I can talk about stuff like risk factors. Uh, I was going to say, can you talk about genetics and – I can. That, that I stuff? really don't risk have factors? a whole lot, especially since we've already talked about dopamine. Uh-huh. So let's – yeah, let's talk uh, just a second about causes and risk factors for having ADHD. So the basics – Like almost everything we talk about, it feels like we really don't know what causes someone to develop ADHD. Um, We know that genetics has a big effect. We know that, I mean, there have been twin studies and twin studies are huge with figuring out how heredity links to to different disorders. Mm -hmm. So we know that genetics plays a part. So when we were talking before, like, oh, if you have a parent with ADHD, then there's probably a higher probability that you're going to have adhd as well um 40 to 60 percent of children of adults with adhd will also have the condition 40 to 60 percent that's really high i know okay so yeah if you're in a family with someone who has adhd then maybe go back and play that symptom part again Uh and just kind of give yourself a little checklist 
But scientists theorize that it may have something to do with the genes linked to the neurotransmitter dopamine, Mm -hmm. just because if dopamine is not flowing correctly and there's genes linked directly to that, that's going to have a part in the development of ADHD. And scientists are also studying other possible causes and risk factors. There's just not proof of any of these. So, So possible risk factors, brain injury, exposure to environmental... I'm going to read this. Exposure to environmental, e.g. lead, during pregnancy or at a young age. Environmental what? Environmental hazards? Risks like lead. Risks. Like lead, yeah. Whatever. Alcohol and tobacco use during pregnancy, uh, premature delivery, or low birth weight, mm-hmm. um, which are all kind of linked together anyway. And I do want to talk for just a second about the age of onset. Like, you'll be displaying symptoms prior to 12 years old. Now, this means that adults can't, like, develop ADHD. This does not, however, means that adults cannot have ADHD. Then it just wasn't diagnosed. Exactly. It's just going to be, like, if you get diagnosed later and more and more people are getting diagnosed with adult ADHD, but those symptoms were there. Mm-hmm. They just may have looked different or they may you may have not been in a place where that really bothered you as much. Okay, so I, I asked my husband for permission to talk about him during this episode <laughs> because we are fairly certain that he has ADHD, but we think that he has predominantly inattentive type. I would agree with that. So he doesn't have the like fidgeting or talking excessively or running around or, or any of that stuff. Like I said, he kind of taps his foot. But yeah, I mean, he really struggles with like forgetting stuff and, and paying attention and, and stuff like that and getting distracted. And we've kind of talked about that where he thinks he had those in school. He knows he struggled with it like later in school, kind of when school got a little harder. But I mean, and I've talked about this on the show before that He's my so husband smart that is the smartest person I've yeah. literally ever met. Yeah. So so yeah, I think that he was just smart enough that he was able to kind of fudge it enough right, that it didn't. Right appear as a he problem. He could still excel even though Exactly, he was- yeah. That he was kind of fighting an uphill battle and he still was running up the hill, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as things got harder, that became more evident. And as he kind of had to self-manage a little more, like in college, he said it was way harder. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that he didn't have it when he was in school. It just means that it wasn't noticed. And, and you know, when you're in a classroom and you're still doing super well, teachers and parents aren't really going to think too much about whether right. or not you have something like that, unfortunately. But yeah, I think it's that has been a huge thing in helping me. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in the episode where we talked about living with someone with a mental illness. Mm -hmm. episode 64 and how i've had to really go on this journey of kind of what i've been talking about before that's kind of why i get on my soapbox of like they're not doing it on purpose because that's a thing that i've really had to had to get through my head And, and i think that's helped me in my like counseling practice too where you know when i'm working with a kid and they're fidgeting all over and they're picking up 10 different toys at a time and they're and they're not really tracking with what i'm saying it's not their fault and it's not my fault that my husband has time blindness sometimes or that sometimes it's, you know, he doesn't like seem like he's listening to me. I know he is. I know he wants to. It's just that his brain works different than mm-hmm. mine. So that's something that I've really had to had to get to in my own understanding of ADHD. And mm-hmm. I think that that's been really helpful. That's the coping skills that the people who love a person mm-hmm. with ADHD have to develop. Yeah. 
I have to say that there have been times now that I've, I know what I know about ADHD and as a counselor, I kind of wish I could go back to some of those years as a mm, teacher. Yeah. But I have to say in defense, if you're a teacher listening, <laughs> I have to say in defense of teachers, if you have 20, 25 kids in your it's room hard, man. and you have five kids with ADHD, even if you get it and even if you're like, yeah, I got to be forgiving and I got to let the kid run around. There's, and I do an, I know a lot of teachers who just let the kids stand up and let, you know, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, years ago, they didn't do that. They no. may, you know, and, may. And and especially we're having more classrooms and stuff with those exercise ball chairs yeah, sit on the ball, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, And I think that that's not just helpful to kids with ADHD. I mean, obviously, it's going to be super helpful. But I think mm-hmm. kids even who aren't diagnosable, mm-hmm. you know, there are just some kids who are more kinetic. And, right. and I think that that's good that we are opening that up to it doesn't have to be so rigid right. and that there's different ways to learn. But I think I wanted to say, you know, as we say, we have to look at them with empathy and we have to understand their brain doesn't work the same way. We also have to be careful that we don't get too critical of ourselves if we are, quote, neurotypical and we're trying to deal with a person with ADHD or especially if you're a teacher and you have kids who have ADHD in your classroom, you know, that once in a while you have to just kind of take a deep breath and say, this is hard, Yeah, you know, and not not be like, oh, why don't I, why can't I just go with this and not feel stress over it? Well, it's stressful. It's stressful when you're trying to control an environment. That, that, yes, exactly because like, teachers have to control. Well, yeah, because I mean, you still have deadlines, you still have responsibilities right. that you, you need got to those meet. Stupid curriculum things that you got to get exactly. In and and yeah. like, like you just said, you have twenty five kids in a room. Five of them have ADHD. You still got to have all the twenty five kids doing something right, specific. Right. So and you can't lose the kids who are on task because yeah, you're so yeah. busy. So about balance baby <sighs> so be good to yourself if you're dealing with that too don't be too critical of, of yourself mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. trying to deal with it well and also just like any other mental illness and this especially goes for for kids as they get a little older and they're able to self-manage a little bit better just because of age and maturity because that's why i mean that's why when i was talking about like the hyperactivity like where where they run around and climb around and in adults it's just like restlessness mm-hmm. i mean it's because as we get to be adults even if we are kind of doing that uphill battle we're still able to manage a little right. better we're just still able to to regulate a little better you're able to build use your coping skills and know that it's not socially acceptable right. to be jumping over your chair in the board yeah room. yeah and I, and I think it's important to to hold people accountable to work on that stuff. Mm, that's good. That it's not it's not just, oh, they have ADHD, they can do whatever they want. That's a really good point. I mean, no, we yeah. can't do that for that for, for ADHD or for any other mental illness, right. you know. You you have to diagnosing is just the first step and right. you use that to inform how you make things better. Mm-hmm. So it goes for ADHD like everything else. So you said diagnosing. Should we jump to that? Do it. Okay. You know, you could go online right now and you could you could pull up like 10, 20 oh, different sites that will give you lists, kind of like the list that Anna gave us directly from the DSM-5, but they will have a list of, do you have these symptoms or do your child, does your child do this? And Or like a self-report it's test. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like a self-assessment. Yeah. There's, there's a gajillion of them out there. Technically though, officially, ADHD is usually diagnosed um, through extensive interview procedures and uh, observations, third 
third-party observations especially, like if you are considering that your child or if your teacher says, hey, I think your child might have ADHD, they will be like survey forms, assessment forms that you will fill out for house. Because remember that Anna said that the behavior has to be in different environments. Right. So they'll want to see how is the child acting at home? How's the child acting at school? How does the child act when he's playing with his peers? There's going to be a lot of third-party uh, observation involved. Because, you know, when you take the kid to the doctor... It's just a it's very, a very clinical brief environment. picture. Yeah. yeah, you can't really get a full picture of it. Well, and that's hard. And it's interesting that you say that because, like you were saying before, it may be harder for parents. And mm. I've worked with a lot of kids. Like, so in, in my job that I'm at now, I work with, like, I go into schools and, and I work with kids there. And so often they give me uh, what's called an SDS, a social developmental mm-hmm. survey. And it's just like a, a thing that the school does where they have like the teacher and the parent both rate the kids on different areas. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, you're smiling because I'm sure you've done yeah, a million Yeah, I those. get those too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're smiling because sometimes they're like, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's it's interesting because they're so different. Like you yeah. look at the parents it's and the like, kids. Is answer, the same kid? Yeah, the parents and the teacher, the parents. What am I yeah. trying to say? Parents and the teacher. God. <laughs> Oh my You're God. Okay. You're, okay. You're okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> We're y'all, almost there. We're y'all, almost it there. has been a, such a long day. I love that accent. <laughs> y'all. Die. Almost die. Such die. a long day. Such a long day. <laughs> it's not an accent. It's just a stupid. It's just a weird way to talk. Way to talk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Did tell us wanna, about diagnosing. Um, <laughs> So this kind of goes back to when Anna said about what causes it. And we're like, oh, we yeah, do that a lot with with this stuff. It's kind of diagnosing ADHD is pretty tricky because you might take your child to one physician and they're like, yeah, this completely feels – and then you take them to another one and they're like, no. <laughs> so most – the best way to say this is people who specialize in ADHD would say to you, it's probably not the best choice to just take your child to your family physician. Although there are family physicians who do it. And if you are listening and you're a family physician, I do not mean to offend you. (laughs) I'm just saying if you really want the best case scenario for your diagnosis, you would go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist who's a special wonderful would be if they specialize in that. But they're still going to depend. Uh-oh. Be careful because I have worked with someone who specializes in ADHD. Uh-oh. And the thing that happens, just like when anyone specializes in anything, is when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's true, too. And so sometimes it may be, oh, yeah, it's totally ADHD. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to, no matter where you go, they will at least be asking for third-party yes. observations because that's a very important part of diagnosing. There are some specialties that do neuropsychological testing, like brain mapping. Mm-hmm. But that's that's really in-depth. It's not like everybody who gets diagnosed with ADHD has no. has brain mapping. Which I would hope that it would as, be cool. I was going to say, as technology gets kind of more on on board with that, then and I think that's the most... That's like, the best way to do exa- it. To yeah. See those, those pathways that we talked about before, being able to map, you know, how that person's brain works would be a much clearer picture. Yeah. If, it, if it's really ADHD. It's much more definite than just saying like, yes, you meet all these symptoms, so you probably have it. Right. Being able to see a physical structure of a brain is different is pretty powerful evidence. Right. The uh, One of the articles that I read, like the last line in the article said, teachers and coaches cannot diagnose ADHD. <laughs> and the little, the teacher part me was like hey Hey, you know Um, but that's i mean that's just they can't officially diagnose yeah yeah but yeah you know if several sources are saying to you 
have you ever had your child test for ADHD? You might want to look into oh, especially it. Especially a teacher because honestly, they see them. They do see it. They see not only are they used to seeing what that looks like, mm-hmm. especially in a classroom setting, but they see your kids for eight hours a day. Right. Like they're going to have a good idea of how they work, especially how they work on tasks and under structure and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where it's much easier to see when that might be breaking that down than it might be able to see at home. Right. So I keep referring back to the child, but if you're an adult and you think that maybe you have ADHD or your partner has ADHD, it's kind of the same kind of way that you're diagnosed, that you look at, have other people observe you and say what they, see what they observe and... Uh, don't just don't just try to do it in your own brain because mm-hmm. it is true that when we hear these kind of lists, sometimes we jump on it like oh, I've got that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> y'all, you should not be listening to our podcast. We do that a lot because you'd be having everything, <laughs> but, uh, especially the way we describe cat. <laughs> So if you get to a point where you are actually diagnosed with ADHD, then then we go into the treatments for that. Yes. Should we go that direction? Yes. It's pretty universal that the best treatment for ADHD is a combination of uh, medication and therapy. Yes. Um, Which is very often the best treatment for a lot of things. (laughs) Exactly. Because the medication is going to help manage those pathways in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's only so much we can do with talk therapy, guys. Exactly. When your brain's literally working a different way, we need some help. (laughs) Right. We got to get that dopamine and that serotonin stuff balanced and where it's supposed to be. The same way with when we talked about anxiety, when we talked about depression, those kind of things. There's just, like Anna said, there's only so much you can do sitting in a counselor's office. And I'm not saying that if you, like, I mean, I've worked with a lot of families who who don't really want to pursue medication, especially at first. So yes, we can work with that. Mm -hmm. We can try to make chore charts. We can try to make visual reminders. We can try to come up with different organization methods. And and those things probably will help. You will probably see an improvement but you won't see as much of an improvement as if you were to do that plus medication right because they're still going to struggle to remember to look at the chore chart you know what i mean <laughs> exactly so um the kind of therapy you know we we refer to talk therapy because that's our shtick but cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness-based practices are probably the most effective with people with adhd and it's all about that building coping skills and and mindfulness Especially with like the time blindness thing that you have to build skills to have mindfulness about knowing that time is is a thing. Time is a thing. Time's a thing that the real world uses. kind of important it's stuff important. and and it's important to build that awareness in like parents or partners you know for for a person who has adhd that that it helps to have that reminder like okay we have five minutes to do this we have 10 minutes to do this we have you know right. to keep them aware and to help mm-hmm. them build that mindfulness on their own exactly and so um if you're looking for a therapist you might want to ask the counselor ask the the therapist the clinician if you know how much they deal with adhd because again the the more you deal with it, the, the better you are at treating it yeah. and working with yeah. it because the clinician has to have that familiarity with realizing that they're not going to use neurotypical right. whatever, you know, yeah. functioning to exactly. get to get to the, they have to have patience with that. You can't just say, you know, you got to look at the clock, right? Know, and then the kid will be like, oh, <laughs> you know, you have to do your homework. Hey, you oh. know. <laughs> I hey, do? D- did you know that you have to focus on this? Nobody. Oh, <laughs> no one's ever told me that before. <laughs> I don't know if we should, I, I think that, that we should mention also with therapy that it's 
especially if it's children, but I think even with partners of adults or families of adults, family therapy might be mm-hmm. very important as well because it goes back to that having the family understand that, right. that this ADHD brain is working differently and ways that you can all work together so that you don't get frustrated yes. with each other. And so a lot of clinicians will refer you to family therapy or couple therapy to work Never on that. Never a bad idea, I'd no, say. it's always good to get a little family therapy in there. As far as medication goes... I am not at all an expert on medication. Anna, you're probably smarter about medication than I am. So, nope. um, <laughs> not my job. <laughs> we we just kind of pass it on to somebody else. So we say we we know enough to <laughs> talk know, to be in trouble. <laughs> we know we know enough to talk. That's yeah. full full stop to say. So so if you go to a physician or a psychiatrist, um, they're going to probably prescribe a stimulant medication for you something like Ritalin or Adderall which uh, on those lines I think some people get a little bug up their butt like why mm-hmm. would you need a stimulant if you're super hyper uh-huh. but that's not how it works right. <laughs> a, a stimulant just affects the brain and affects those neurotransmitters back to the in a certain way yeah yep. so now that, there, there are a very few patients who might not uh-huh. react the way they should sure. or the way they yeah. are expected to to stimulants and then there are other medications that they will use like SNRIs would be used for those non-stimulants clients. Can I share how we figured out that my husband might have ADHD? Uh, He saw an article online that said that ADHD people tend to drink a lot of coffee. Oh my gosh. And my husband husband. is such a coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. And because coffee's a stimulant. Mm -hmm. So instead of drinking it and feeling buzz, yes, he's drinking it and his brain it kind of it kind of fixes the neurotransmitters a little. So, and and I always thought it was so weird how he could like have a cup of coffee and then immediately fall asleep. But that's because it's not <laughs> affecting him like it's affecting me. Right. I can have a cup of coffee and be up for eight hours. Right. So I mean, it's it's literally just a difference in how it affects the brain. That's a really good note. I want to go back to a, for a second that idea that comorbidity. Comorbidity. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people with ADHD struggle with depression and or anxiety, and I think maybe you're the one who told me about the web. Are you the one who told me that? Sure, and just know. say yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That there's like uh, this uh, web of comorbidity with ADHD, but oh. it kind of goes back to part of that is just that feeling like nobody understands me, and right. that causes anxiety of and depression. Course. Yeah, or I can't. Why can't I get this like everybody else is getting it? Yeah. And um, or why am I always late? I try to be on time. Yeah. I try to get there. Gosh, so th- that's so frustrating. Right. You might, as an adult, I guess I'm speaking specifically to people who are adults and and may have ADHD. You might be going to therapy because you have anxiety or depression and then with some work with your therapist you might realize if you yeah I I wanted to share that because I was really excited this week because one of my clients that I've been working with for a while and we have kind of kind of stripped away some layers of his anxiety and depression and I really saw it in him the very first time I met him and yet I still was looking at his anxiety so I didn't see the ADHD as clearly but now it's just like bam and so last a couple weeks ago he he got on medication as Yay! an adult for ADHD. And in just a couple weeks, he has started to notice, you know, oh, that he can cool. focus. And I can notice in therapy that his he'll stay on track. You know, he used to be very tangential and he would bounce all over different topics. And he doesn't... That's, that's what tangential means, if yeah. you're wondering. I just like to throw those words in <laughs> Mom just really likes the word tangential. To show that I have a master's degree. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> that tuition pays off. Yeah. That, and he even noticed, you know, that's what he said this last session. He was like... 
because he learned the word tangential ah. because we talked about it. <laughs> and so he said, you know, I've noticed that, I, that I'm able to stay on track better. And that's exciting. Yeah. That's an exciting part of being a counselor when you, when you hit something with a, with a client, when they realize something and um, a light bulb goes on and, and you know that their life is a little better because yeah. you've oh, gone in that direction. There, yeah. yeah. So if you are a person who has listened to this episode and, and you're feeling like, <laughs> I think this is me or I think this is my partner or my child. Don't panic. Don't panic. There's help out there. There's help. And literally it just means like consulting with other people and getting those things that mom just said that, you know, consult with your with a doctor and consult with uh, a psychiatrist or a psychologist and mm-hmm. consult with, if, if it's a kid, consult with your kid's teacher and say, hey, are you seeing this there? Because maybe mm-hmm. it's... It could be one of those situations where it's not bad enough that it's being brought up, but their life still could be better if it got addressed. Right. And if back to the – like if your child acts out a lot at school but not at home mm-hmm. or at home and not at school, remember that this has to be in several settings yeah. usually. So it might be more of an anxiety thing. Sure. Or a, a trauma thing uh-huh. that might be happening if it's not across the board. Right. So – it's not an end-all, no. be-all, end-all, whatever no. that saying is. That was a lot, Anna. That was Banana. a lot. I feel like we weren't very funny. <laughs> we were too scientific. Sorry, everybody. Too clinical. We're not funny enough. <laughs> we can't be funny all the time. <laughs> I'm really Sometimes tired. We have to be agitational. <laughs> okay, you get one or both. You one or one or the other, you can but be not funny, both. or you can be educational. You can't be both. <laughs> No, there was, there was a little Snickers in there now We're, and then. We, we laughed a couple of times. We laughed. We laughed. I don't know if they laughed. <laughs> Sipsters? Whatever. Did you laugh at all? <laughs> but it doesn't mean we don't love you, Sipsters, just because we're not like totally hilarious all the time. Sometimes there's serious stuff going on. Yeah. And sometimes we're just sweepy. <laughs> sometimes we're sweepy. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> We made it. We, we did, did it. it. Okay. We Sisters. finally did an episode about ADHD. <laughs> ADHD. We actually had some people ask us to do that episode. We have. So, think, and we I tried to ignore them as long as we <laughs> We really did. Yeah. I think the specific question we got, which maybe we should address just real quick, is how does HD play with ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder? Mm-hmm. And to that, I would say ouch <laughs> mm. you you've got it you got a rough comorbidity there bud mm. um, pray a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i say but yeah, i mean i i think one. that the the bottom line for that is that it's going to be hard to determine what is coming from where mm-hmm. and i think that something we do have to look at is that that odd might be coming from the same place that that anxiety or depression might be coming from which is no one understands understands me this is so hard for me and Mm -hmm. no one gets it and no one's helping me and and i'm the only person in the whole world who has this struggle exactly so i think that if again it's that hokey thing of approaching it with curiosity and just and just trying to get to the root of it and if we get to the root of it and we work at it with compassion it's going to be a lot easier Mm -hmm. good advice May I thank the listeners? Please thank the listeners. Listeners, thank you for having the attention (laughs) to stick with us through this whole episode on ADHD. (laughs) We appreciate it so much that you join us, and we hope that you will be with us next time.
We yes. love that you. We love that you are our sipsters. Yes, we do. Thank you for being our sipsters. And uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're Freudian Sipspod on everything, baby. We are on our site, FreudianSipspod.com. We are on email, FreudianSipspod at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Patreon, Freudian Sipspod as well. Just, hey, go to a site, type in Freudian Sipspod. It's probably us. Follow us. Yep. Please remember that wherever you're uh, listening, you can leave us a nice rating and review. We love that. We will read it. Um, and our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod. And it sounds like this. Mm-hmm.